0: Welcome to the Foreigners and Fathers podcast, where two parents take on the quest of parenthood. This is a podcast where we will share and compare our experiences when it comes to life as immigrants, new parents, and some other things in between.
1: Welcome to episode 27, on the quest for a healer. So on the quest for a healer, hi Bruno, how are you doing? If- it sounds like you've been having a rough few weeks as well where you need a healer, maybe.
0: Yeah, I know. I I, I put a quest on the notice board. I was having a, a little bit of a, a curse on me as well, if you could say. Um, I have the, the dreaded DMV situation. If you know what that is, good for you. I'm sorry that you have now that mental image. If you know, <laughs> I'm going to spare you. <laughs> but yeah, other than that it's been it's been good. You know, I, I've been having a rough couple of weeks, I've been in a rough mental state. But I like to remind myself that at the end of the day, it is it's been good. I I could be so much worse and I have so much to be actually thankful and it's nice to be able to shift your focus and look what you what you have and and look what you have like accomplished. I realized that, you know what, I'm actually good when you compare me to a, how it could be. That doesn't mean that I'm going to settle, and that doesn't mean that my problems are away, but it's a nice shift of focus. Yeah, I know what you
1: mean. It's just, you know, it's important to be grateful, because that that gives a, a lot of perspective as well, if you're grateful for what you actually have. And, um, yeah, it's kind of... it, it It makes you feel good, which actually does reduce your pain and does reduce what you're going through. So that's nice.
0: Yeah, and like just doing this recording and remember everything we've been through. Like, again, I moved on my own. I only have a couple of suitcases. Now I have a wonderful family. (laughs) My family is here with me. You and I are doing this project. So... Uh, can I really say I'm I'm in an awful place? Not really, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, precisely, precisely. Um, How about you? How you been doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, there's nothing really tremendously special with me. Uh, i'm going to have my parents coming over next week actually um they're going to come by and they're going to visit so that they can see nico which obviously is very important at this age because they go through a lot of development and a lot of leaps so uh, they're coming over uh my mom's coming first and then it's my dad coming two or three days after and they're going to stay here and it's actually going to be really nice because we're just going to offload nico to them a little bit (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no but we're going to take advantage because they want to spend time with him and uh, uh, it'll be good for us to have a little bit of a break although having said that um nico is going through a phase of being very 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 clingy um, which oh, I guess mate. Is, is, is what's new with him because he's just been so clingy like he just Preach wants to be the choir, mate. <laughs> he just wants to be in, in our lap and he just wants our attention even when he's watching something on the telly he wants us to sit next to him or if we're playing like he doesn't want to go to his playpen but if we go with him he'll go so he just wants attention whatever he's doing he wants that attention whatever we're doing he wants to be there and watch it so he's just incredibly clingy at the moment he doesn't really want to be with other people or something, after a while it's okay, but yeah, it's just very clingy
0: (laughs) yeah, yeah no, you're preaching to the choir like, uh, uh, right now uh, in the hall so to speak, so in the house (laughs) we Holly got sick before me so the night that Holly was sick, she was very sick so she, she couldn't put Nimnim to sleep. She's like, I, I can't. Like, I just really can't. So I'm just going to go and lay sense. down. And I was like, yeah, of course. I mean, Nimnim is tragically crying. But eventually she'll just exhaust herself and fall asleep. So just leave her with me. Never happened, mate. Didn't happen. She woke up at half past 11, right? And at half past 4, she was still crying her eyes out. And with a, no longer had a voice of how much she was screaming. Because she won't go to sleep if it's not with Holly, mate. She literally was fighting off falling asleep. She was falling asleep and then fighting it off and crying her little heart out. Bless her. Like, i never seen her so distressed. Like, she is going through some major clinginess at the moment. You have no idea. And mm-hmm. at least Nico is with both of you. Nimdem is just mama. So, yeah, it's, it's rough. So,
1: what, what would they do in nursery? Because... you. He- does she still sleep in nursery, then?
0: I have no idea. Uh, today I didn't get the report, so I don't know. But I think she sleeps an hour in nursery, so I don't know what they do. They say that she just rubs her eyes and they put her in the cot and she falls asleep. But, mm, like, how, how is that it works there and not here? I have the faintest. Like, I literally have no idea how is it that they, they're handling it. Um but yeah so that's and also if we're going about new things not only is she getting clingy uh but uh, what else oh she i well, Holly said that today she thinks that she saw her bottom molars uh bursting out per, uh, oh, yeah. finally yeah so that's good and we found out because re- remember i've been telling you she likes pointing and stuff for us to name yeah. them yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, three days ago, I realized that it can be backwards, so I told her, like, eh, who's mama or kina's mommy, either language, it doesn't matter, and she points at Holly, and then I'm like, oh, who's Nim Nim? And she points at herself. Nice. And who's papi? And she points at me. So she definitely knows the name of things now, which I was, like, so amazed. I was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that. Because she, because she cannot speak, I didn't properly make the connection that she actually knows what words mean. But yeah, she yeah. even knows Winnie. Like, today I was like, Who's Winnie? And she pointed at her Winnie Pooh. And then she dropped it by accident. I'm like, I'm going to try it again to see if it was just coincidence. So I'm like, oh, who's Mama? Who's Puppy? And then I'm like, who's Winnie? And she looks around to, to find him and then points at him. I'm like, oh, wow, no. So for real, she's understanding words now, which is amazing. That's really cool. That's yeah. really,
1: really, really cool.
0: Yeah. So- nice. So that's what's new on, on this side. I realize that now she understands words. Especially yeah, so names. now
1: is when you need to start being careful then, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Said. We're <laughs> going to have
0: to start... Oh, I didn't realize that. You're right. I'm going to have to start censoring myself.
1: Yeah, otherwise you don't want her first words to be something that cannot be said on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. She's going go to go to school and
0: see you next Tuesdays. It's like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So...
0: Uh, oh and something that is new with the house is that we got the magnetic locks for the bottom cupboards oh okay yeah is that the and
1: one they're... is that the one where you put the magnet inside or something and in order to open it you need to have like a special the magnet. magnetic key yeah, yeah gotcha it's
0: yeah. not a special one it's just any magnet but yeah yeah so you you need to have the key so they're awesome and they like they make me feel like I have this super modern house. But I keep forgetting that I need it, so I keep going to the cupboards and like took ah oh, damn it, and then I have to go back and get the key. So <laughs> there's that there's that inconvenience that I keep finding myself being like ah. Oh. So yeah, but they're really good. I highly recommend it. I'm gonna uh, try to see if I can find them so that we can put a link on the on the resource. Not a sure. not an ad, sadly. Not a sponsor, sadly. Maybe one day. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're really really good. I highly recommend them. Especially because you don't even have to, like, screw them in or nothing. So once the kids are gone, you just take the glue out and that's it. Done. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
1: Very nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen those magnets, like, on videos and stuff that showed up. Um, so, yeah, I, I know, I know what you're talking about. So, yeah. Glad to see that it's not just something that is made for online but it actually works.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Cool. So, yeah, on the quest for a healer. Um, so, today's topic is really about uh, sickness and, more specifically, uh, sickness in babies and how that affects our lives. Um, and how we have to deal with it, um, and I think it's it's really interesting and it's good because um, it's going to it's going to give a certain perspective and it also allows anyone listening to give us any tips of how they've done because for me and i am guessing for you as well this was a completely new territory in terms of what to do because suddenly you know you go from here you know working here in the uk and maybe you have a company that has sick leave or maybe you don't but whatever happens it's kind of like you know you get sick you stay at home Uh, you may or may not get paid initially um, but you stay home you recover you go to work sometimes you might want to go to work while you're just a little bit sick etc so you kind of go yeah okay that's fine i can manage but then you get babies in the mix or children in the mix and it's like a completely new world and starting off by the fact that they can't tell you what is wrong with them so they cry and you know that they're ill but you don't know if they have any pain anywhere if they are feeling very you know Uh, uh, uncomfortable or you know you don't know exactly what's wrong with them and sometimes especially in the early stages you don't know whether that's just because they're teething whether it's because they have like trapped gas or anything like that so it's you know you just can't tell what's wrong with them because they can't tell you
0: yeah yeah yeah. it's it's really frustrating and it's also scary because Sometimes you're like, oh, okay, maybe they're hungry, and then, oh, they're not, and they're like, okay, well, maybe they're just sleepy. Uh-oh, they're not. So you're like, what, yeah. what's happening? Like, what, what's wrong? This is, this is something new. What could be, what could be happening? What, what's wrong? And you're so frustrated that, and not, not frustrated at them, but frustrated in general that you cannot know what's going on. And yeah. it can be quite scary, too, precisely because you don't know what's going on. So you're like, oh, what, what, what's happening? Like, fear of the unknown. Yeah, you kind of have to go a little bit trial and
1: error, isn't it? Kind of, uh, I remember seeing, even before Nico was born, when Martina was looking up in terms of parenting and stuff, and she was kind of looking at ways to deal with that kind of stuff, and she found one which was basically resetting the baby. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but it was kind of like uh, you take the baby and you just go step by step and you reset the baby, so you give him a bath. And then you change his nappy, obviously. And then yeah. you try to put him, you feed him or her or whatever. Uh, you, you feed the baby and then you try putting them to sleep. You give them a cuddle, you play with them. So you just go over all of the different things just to see if you can reset them and if they feel any better. And mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to what you have to do when they're feeling sick. You kind of have to go to, through trial and error and understand what's actually going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes total sense, but that it sounds funny though. Resetting the baby. It sounds like yeah. if shake them once, then pull the little leg once. Make sure to rotate their hand wrist 30 degrees, and poof, factory reset. If only. If only. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it makes perfect sense to basically go step by step, and and real, uh, to basically see what's going on. You know, and sometimes you also have to go with Occam's razor and just think, Okay, so what's the most obvious thing? Okay, well, that means that that is it and and not try to overly like overthink it. But it can be so hard.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And the worst of all is that they're constantly getting ill. They're constantly sick because they're building their immune system. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about you know at nursery, but kids that go to nursery even more because they're around other kids, and, other sick kids. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's just even worse, and they're all they're sick all the time, and then sometimes they are actually ill that they need to go to the hospital or something like that, which obviously causes stress and causes anxiety because you go there and you know they, they seem you know they're fairly resistant, but they seem so fragile and they. Try Trying to understand what's going on and you have to put your faith in someone else and you don't really get a lot of information while you're there, so all of it can be quite stressful.
0: Yeah, especially when the staff act like nothing's the matter. Like I know they kind of panic, but they also don't seem very empathetic. You're there thinking, yeah. my baby's dying, I need help. And they're like, yeah, take a turn. And it's like, but uh yeah, the ticket is right there. And you're like, no, I need someone to see my baby now. And they're like, yeah, there's uh, like 12 babies before you.
1: And it makes sense.
0: It makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. They need to keep that calm. Otherwise, it will be total and absolute chaos. But at that moment, you don't want rationality. You want to be the center of the universe. (laughs) Mm. You know? It's not until you get there and you're like, okay, let me actually think things through and realize that this is the best way scenario and this is how it should be handled. And... Actually, the fact that they're not panicking also can... Once you start being a little bit more rational and you're there, you're like, okay, so maybe it's not that bad. Because if it were that bad, they would be like... Code zero, bring someone in. You know? Precisely. So so that can actually help you realize that it might not be as bad as you think.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And uh, I remember that one of the latest times we went to the hospital, there was... um, uh, and this is where it can get really, really scary. But you know, sometimes parents don't help themselves uh, because there was um, there was someone there, and they took their kid, and uh, they were really worried. And the kid had to be hospitalised. It was re- it must have been really scary for them. But basically, they were uh, they were living in a van, and they were the kind of vegetarian people that uh they were like foragers so they didn't even oh, eat okay. anything from a supermarket yeah, so yeah, yeah. they had they were foraging and the um yeah they got uh they got uh, some some stuff and the kid the kid this was when martina was there and mm-hmm. uh, they were um what do i mean oh and the, the kid was also not vaccinated and stuff and, uh, and so they got something they, they they didn't know what was going on with the kid they didn't know whether it was because of he some, ate something th- that they or... ate something or if it was because of something that he wasn't immune for because of the vaccine but anyway the kid had to be hospitalized and they had to give him like a lot of drugs and a lot of stuff and we didn't know what the outcome was but it was it was like apparently even the doctors and everything were quite scared for for them so Oof. yeah that 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 can be stressful
0: yeah sure. definitely and yeah oof no i can't i can't imagine because for example me personally i don't know about you but me personally i have two moods i have either the ah nah it's fine there's nothing or i have like oh no this is it uh, Deathcon 5 we need to do something it's it's happening like it can be like ah, oh, it's just a pimple wait no it's skin cancer that those are my two modes i i don't have in what, what happened
1: what happened to occam's razor
0: <laughs> i know that's what i'm saying i i have to follow my own i wish i have to follow my own advisor now i know actually now i'm a little bit more like okay so but i guess the first also, few times just so, it just can so, seem more to scary. be just to be on the on the safe side though occam razor doesn't mean it's not the, a bad thing it just means it's the most obvious thing so if the most yeah. obvious thing is something dangerous, it's still Ockham Fraser. So just yeah, yeah, to put yeah, it yeah. out there. <laughs> but that's uh, not
1: the most obvious thing between... Yeah, normally the most obvious
0: thing is like, oh, do you just have a cold? Like, yeah, that's exactly. It. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, so... But yeah, it can be quite scary, but I guess once you actually have the confirmation... Would you be even more scared? You know, because if you're suspecting the worst and then you get confirmation, nope, it is the worst, what happens then? Luckily, we haven't gotten it, but I dread to imagine what happens. Because while you're just imagining it's the worst, I guess you can still have a slither of hope that it isn't. Mm. But if you get the confirmation that it is, then all bets are off, you know? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, not that I'm very good at following my advice. But what I would say by that is that, well, if it is the worst, you're going to have to worry anyway. Why worry before?
0: Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, not that I'm right very now, good at a, a, that. Well, the thing is, right now, from a comfortable chair position and rational thinking, you can say, well, if you already know it's the worst, then instead of worrying, act on it so that you can prevent it. But once you're there, everything is going out the window.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure.
0: So so, yeah. when do you, so when when
1: do we have to be alarmed? So when do you have to be alarmed? Because babies get ill all the time, so we can't be alarmed every single time that they're ill. So so when Correct. do we need to be alarmed?
0: Well, I don't know. What what do you think?
1: So. It, you know it it actually takes a lot to to have to be careful about because especially if they go to to nursery because if they go to nursery you have to expect that they're going to take a lot of stuff With them, so if they're going to take a lot of stuff with them home, then that means that you already have to think that oh, you know, uh, uh, they're going to be sick more often than not. So I was actually reading online, and uh, uh, there was an article about when to worry. And uh, the good thing about it is that the examples of what that of when they say you do have to worry about your child being ill is actually a lot like something very very extreme so I'm just going to go over some of them just so you can see like when you have to worry is just that you uh, when they're extreme so for example one of them is getting eight or more new ear infections in one year but like having eight hmm. or more new ear infection in one year is basically having more than one not more than once a month but more than once every other month so it's every yeah. month and a half so yeah. that's like that's insane uh another one could be um uh but, you know sorry
0: just so that i i know do you know why though do you know why having so many ear infections is worrisome i mean obviously it means that there's something or wrong with their hearing which can be bad in it in itself, itself. but do you know if it's a sign of something else
1: are you are you going to tell me or
0: no i'm asking i'm asking are you worried no
1: i mean i i didn't look that that deep into it It, i was just looking at the signs Uh, but i (laughs) I love
0: that are you going to tell me or are you putting me in the spot
1: Yeah, essentially. I mean, I thought I thought you were going to go like, "Oh, this is the reason why" or something like that. No, but no, I it's just, I'm just saying asking. what to look out for. Essentially, uh, yeah. I guess. Like, I guess there's not really much point in saying why anyway, because if they have eight or more new year infections in one, yeah, year no, no, no. It could I wasn't be because of a spot. lot. I was really, really of curious, reasons. mate. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because it could be for a lot of a lot of reasons, I, I guess. And I, I guess even in the article, they wouldn't want to say they would wouldn't want to worry parents by saying oh you know it can be it's because of this or this yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, um but yeah so other things could be uh you know recurrent deep skin or organ abscesses uh it could be because they have um two or more deep-seated infections so like serious infections or two or more cases of uh, pneumonia within one year um so all of that is things that are very, you know, unusual and something very, yeah. very serious. So yeah. what I'm trying to say by this is that if your kid is getting ill twice a month or gets a cold twice a month, it's fine. Like, it it, it doesn't, it, there's no, there's nothing to indicate that you should be alarmed. Um, so, so I guess that's reassuring, you know what I mean? So,
0: yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's yeah exactly the thing is it's weird because you're expecting them to get sick a lot because like you said There's no immune system and when you put them to nursery you're putting them out there But at the same time even though you're expecting it you're are also Like not re- or at least in my case I cannot speak for everyone, but even though I knew what's going to happen I was still not as prepared and I'm still not any less upset that she gets ill not with anyone in particular. Just the fact that she's ill, because obviously you don't want her to. Oh well, you don't want the baby. I'm saying her, because in my case, but you don't want sure, the baby sure, to sure. be ill. So and that's also that something to consider. That yes, you can be ready, and yes, don't be nervous or, or or scared. But that doesn't mean that you're gonna be like, oh man, this sucks. Like poor poor little thing. Like they they're feeling horrible. They cannot even say why. So don't be scared. But that doesn't mean that it's it's not a, like that you don't get to to feel upset about it. One thing is not panicking, and another thing is not being like, oh, this sucks, because it does suck.
1: Yeah, it definitely does. So you mentioned, you mentioned about the nursery, and we've talked about the nursery a little bit. Um, so what I was thinking would be interesting to do, and I, I even surprised myself when I found this out, uh, but what I'm going to ask is, so so babies get ill right and when they do one of the main things that is really really annoying is that um but it makes sense is that you can't take them to nursery because then it spreads even further isn't it and probably in some cases um they uh, your baby is getting ill because other parents might not have been that careful and they might have taken their kid to nursery so there's going there's there are some situations where the government actually puts some advice saying when the child should not go to school or should not go to nursery now obviously every nursery might have their own indications and their own internal rules about when kids can be accepted or not Uh, but what i'm going to ask you is to list some of the ways that you might have come across, or that you can imagine, or that you can just think makes sense for when the child cannot go to nursery.
0: Uh, well, forty-eight hours after an infection—that's for sure. What uh, what sort of infection? So, for example, if you get uh, a cold, I will say. Um, no, actually, or... they
1: can go they can go to to nursery with a cold, really? Yeah, they can the only time where they can't go to nursery is if they get a temperature. But coughs and colds, they can go.
0: oh wow. only if they have a fever But what about, for example, what I was because uh, I know and actually knew I was acing this as a quote unquote cheat. Because I did some research on the vi- on the virus that causes the VMV. And it does say there that you're contagious even after twenty four hours after you're feeling okay. So yeah, if yeah you yeah, have yeah. A kid, that that one for sure. Not to take them to nursery. So, but you don't get temperature though. So how? No,
1: would- no, but that, that's not a cold though. You're talking about V So that's uh, that one is definitely they should be away from school for. Oh, okay, for two okay. Days. Because when
0: I thought that you said that, oh, I, I misinterpreted. I thought when you said only fever, I thought that that was it exclusively no, no fever. No, 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 no. I was saying
1: saying specifically cold on its own. Cold only if it's accompanied by a fever. Yeah, cold with a fever.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, I understand that now. Okay. Any other
1: things you think of?
0: um, Well, that, so stomach, like digestive problems, because you cannot know if it's something that they ate or if it was DMV, then that's 48 hours. Um, I guess chicken pox, you don't take them? Yeah. Uh when they so chickenpox chicken pox is until
1: 5 days after the spots first appeared.
0: Yeah, no that that I remember that I remember thinking, oh well, it's not until they're cured. And then someone told me like, "No, no, no, what they can still have it, but they're no longer contagious, so they should go to school." So yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know I didn't know the exact amount, but I did know that it was um, Well, they still had the little spots. So there's that one. Um uh what else can i think of um hmm now that i think about it i cannot think of any other like conditions of why the kid might not go to school okay um, what do you tell me what else is there because i uh, to be honest I'm, I'm drawing a blank now
1: no that's fine i'll talk about some more and then i'll say which one surprised me uh so for example you've got conjunctivitis, uh so oh, they don't you don't yeah, yeah, yeah. no 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 no. you don't need to keep the child away from school so that's no no i important. know i
0: said of course yeah because i i know what like conjunctivitis is a thing but yeah i know also that you're not supposed to keep them away which yeah, is yes. silly but hey
1: yeah so you just need to encourage them not to rub the eyes and to wash their hands regularly
0: uh, yeah but one if they are a baby like that's that's part of what i don't understand is like try telling an eight months old not to do something (laughs) (laughs) but i guess i guess an eight
1: months old also is not playing with other kids that much in order to pass it along you know so that eight months old they don't even walk so
0: yeah but still it's it's like oh just try to encourage them not to do something it's like yes let me tell my eight month old not to do something i'll tell you how that works yeah um
1: here's one that surprised me um if they have covid they can go to nursery or school what Mm -hmm. Uh, as long as they don't have a high temperature or as long as they're not feeling too bad that they can't go to school however if they only have mild symptoms and they still feel okay they can go to school with covid wow
0: wow so that one was
1: surprising um, yeah, this is on the. Well, I said this is on the government one. It's on the NHS website, but you know, potato, potato. Wow. Um,
0: yeah. I'm so... flabbergasted.
1: Yeah. So here's stuff that you should keep them away. Uh, so that one is ear infection. So with an ear infection uh, uh, and and a an, uh, uh, high temperature, then you should uh, keep them off school. But again, if they have an ear infection and they don't have a high temperature, they can go to school. So a lot of it seems to be due to the high temperature. Um, another one is the hand, foot and mouth disease. Uh, so you don't need to keep them away from school unless they don't feel well enough uh, which is actually interesting because i was telling you that sometimes nurseries have their own protocols for that kind of stuff and i know that ours wouldn't allow uh, nico to go there for the first couple of days when he had it um the hand foot, and mouth disease so what is that one again nurseries remind go me? a little bit further but sorry
0: remind me what is the that disease
1: uh, so, you, they basically just get, like, spots around the, the hand, foot, and mouth, essentially. Uh, and then they don't want to eat. And then they have mouth ulcers, which is quite annoying. They have, like, yeah. spots around their feet and around their hand. So, just, like, yeah. Just annoying. Mm.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Um, <clears throat> uh, here's another one that surprised me. Um, if they have head lice... They can go to school. What? Yeah.
0: Wow, this is completely taking me off uh, <laughs> everything I knew.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It doesn't mean that they want you to, to take this kid to the the child school, but they say there's no need to keep your children off school if they have head lice.
0: But I thought those could Price, be very dangerous. Yeah, because <laughs> not only are they they have the stigma of being gross and they're annoying as heck. But they also can transmit a lot of other type of disease. so Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And um, uh, what else? Uh, we've got impetigo. I don't know how you say that, but what it's basically a skin that? infection. And uh, uh, if uh, they have that, then they have to be off school. Okay. Um, then we've got... Uh, something that, you know, is not very fun, but it is uh, ringworm. So if you've got uh, ringworm, then... Um, uh, oh, what does it say? Pharmacist? No. So they, they can go to school once they start a treatment for ringworm.
0: Ringworm is the same as tapeworm?
1: Sorry? No, no, not tapeworm. Ringworm. It's basically a rash. Oh, okay. Yeah. But uh, then uh, scarlet fever, they can't go uh, to uh, they can't go to school until 24 hours after they start antibiotics. Mm-hmm. That's scarlet fever. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, which.
0: Uh, till, till recently, I didn't even know it was still a thing. I thought it was eradicated.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, slapped cheek syndrome, which I find is a very <laughs> fun name, but it's basically like just. Yeah, slap cheek syndrome. Uh, it's it's basically uh, high temperature and then they get a red rash on one or two cheeks, essentially. Mm. Oh, and they also get uh, a spotty rash on their body as well. Okay. Um, and with that one, um, they can't go to school because once the rash appears, they are no longer infectious. So once you know that they have it, uh, then they're no longer being infectious so they can yeah. go to school. And then there's just a couple more. So the other one is that is very
0: paradoxical, isn't it? Because you don't know they have it until they develop the rash. But by the time they develop the rash, that means that they're no longer contagious. So by that point, they already like they already pass it along to god knows how many other babies. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things like you can't
1: really do much. Yeah. Um, So you can send them if they have a sore throat, but again, if they also have a high temperature, they should stay at home. Uh, then it's about uh, uh, worms, so if they have threadworms they can keep uh, uh, they can keep going to school and that's more close to like tapeworms I don't know if it's the same thing but it's if not the Closer same thing it's to. very similar yeah. and then uh, lastly something we already covered which is the vomiting and diarrhea so um, yeah so that, those are the kind of things that's the advice that is on the NHS uh, website so what, what do you think a lot of surprising stuff
0: yeah, I wasn't expecting like half of it. Very surprised. Yeah, like, I'm very very surprised. I I never expected like to be f- just the COVID one. That was astonishing. Like I yeah, can never imagine Listeners. that they're like, oh yeah, it's COVID. It's fine. Still take them. Like what?
1: Mm-hmm. Really?
0: Yeah. <laughs> After everything we've been through. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Hmm. Um. So yeah, then we so so obviously you know the thing with with the the nursery is you know they can't go to nursery for whatever one of these reasons that might be or might not be or they have a temperature and you can't take them yeah so that means that you know there's not a magic second nursery that you just put your sick kid in they have to stay home they have to stay home and that means that one of you will have to be taking care of them um, so when it comes to like this type of leave, so parental and dependent leave, um, what are the challenges, and what w- what do you normally do?
0: Well, it depends. Uh, really, for example, before when we both had sick leave, it, it will be like, well, we, I guess we can see who else have more sick leave or. Or turn it out, like last time I took sick leave, now you have sick leave. If if anyone were to have indefinite sick leave, then that person will do it. Later, later I changed to a job that didn't have sick leave. By the way, sick leave for whoever is not familiar with the terminology means paid sick leave. So you can stay at home telling your job, I'm sick, and they'll still pay you. Uh, Even though the complete name is paid sick leave. Uh, the common terms is just saying sick leave. You have sick leave or you don't have sick leave.
1: But while while we're clarifying things, uh, most companies don't allow you to take sick leave for your kid. Um, Correct. Yeah, so, so it's just that, you know, when the kid is ill, there's two things that happen. On one hand, you might also not be feeling very well, so you might as well take the sick leave. And on the other hand, it's kind of... It's kind of it's one of those things, isn't it? If you are, if if you tell your job that you're sick, they're not going to send anyone around your house to know whether you are or not. So, which is, might not be the best thing to be saying in a podcast like this, but um, <laughs> it's 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 what everyone pragmatically does. Uh, so, what I mean to, to say by this is that it's not the same thing as a parental or dependent leave. Correct. But, yeah. Carry on.
0: Uh, so we will take the, the leave, uh, but obviously, like you said, actually, uh, both uh, or at least Holly's current job and my previous job and the, the one that you still share, they're very good at you telling them, look, I'm not coming in today because my kid is ill. And usually what happens in those situations is you make the time after. You're like, OK, well, yes, precisely. You, you're not going to be today, so you can make it in, in intervals of hours throughout the next week or something. So that's, that's usually yeah. what, what we would do uh, in those type of scenarios, unless, like established before, we are also sick. So it's like, well, might as well just take the day off and take exactly. care of the kid. Exactly. And so that's what we would have done in those in those cases. Now in the cases that I don't have any sick leave or any request for making time up, it, it's falling up to, to either Holly or well, I'm gonna get unpaid time off because uh, that is something that is another option. We don't like it, but it's another option of saying like, well look, my kid is sick and they cannot really go on and tell you, well, that's too sad, you have to job to work. They're just gonna say like, okay, yeah, we get it. you get the, the day off, but it's unpaid.
1: Yeah, it's not even like they can say that's too bad because... The, you, they can't prevent you from taking it, actually.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, the only thing that they can do is they can discuss it with you if it's affecting work performance. Um, so, uh, so if it's
0: happening too often, you mean, like, you? No.
1: Yeah, I guess. I guess, like, if if it means that you're not being able to achieve your targets or something. So they can't prevent you from taking it, but they can discuss whether it is affecting your work performance or not. Uh, so they can be like, look you have to make up more time or um you're taking this unpaid leave but you're not meeting your target so what are you going to do about it and stuff like that so they can do that
0: oh okay okay
1: um but i guess in terms of the condition so so i was saying that they can't prevent you and that's because it's it's like a a law or like whatever uh saying that they can't prevent you from taking uh, the parental leave so you can always take care of um, your of your child or of your uh, of a dependent it doesn't even have to be your child and uh, uh, this can be if in a few different situations which they class as an emergency but they class as an emergency more to the real sense of the word which is something that comes up unexpectedly and you have to deal with um, not necessarily because it's something very very serious it could just be that the child is ill but their conditions are worsening uh, it could be that for example the nursery closed or you have like a child minder and they 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 themselves are ill so they can't take care of the kid so that would be classed as an emergency as well or it could be when the kids are a bit older it could be because of their mental or physical health so it could be for example if they are if they got in a school fight uh you that is classed as an emergency if they don't want to go to school because they're being bullied that's classed as an emergency so that's because of their mental health so uh so is that until
0: they're 18.
1: Uh, i think it's while they're at school uh, because this is about this is what the government says in terms of the school uh and yeah so it doesn't need to be anything life-threatening or anything like that it just needs to be classed as an emergency or under one of these type of things that might happen and it could be like i said just their conditions uh worsening essentially
0: um obviously
1: you know some people and i include myself a little bit in this uh still may feel pressured not to take the sick leave because they think that it can affect their job performance because they are a bit too dedicated to to work uh, or uh, so they try to find other alternatives i know that in the past for a little bit of time while nico was sleeping and everything i've worked even though he was sick at home but because he was sleeping or because i was taking turns with Martina I have been able to work a little bit and it doesn't work for a a very long period of time uh, but there's that as well but I think part of it is also and you know part of it is just being a bit inexperienced and I think as time goes by I do it less and less but there's there was that kind of element and I think that for us as foreigners there's an extra element of not having extended family around that you can just drop the kid with or something like that. Uh, So that makes it a little bit easier, uh, uh, not easier, sorry, harder as well. And it makes it so that you feel like you don't have a lot of options other than uh, simply, you know, uh, having to work through it or finding some sort of other different alternative even calling in sick yourself because at the end of the day it's like well i can't just drop them with my parents or with their uncle or something like that and you don't want to inconvenience them and then that means that uh, you know in order to take it at work you might have to take it unpaid but you don't want to take it unpaid so it, it just becomes a little bit more difficult in that sense
0: yeah it definitely does it it, it becomes a uh... A juggling scenario that you never want to be in but you have to it's like okay so what what do we do and it also happens now that I mean thematically speaking not only when the baby is, is sick but also when you're sick you know because you're you're thinking okay so what do I do do I send the, take the day and send the kid to to nursery or do I stay with the, with the kid, but I'm sick so I don't know if the kid is carrying something. And I don't know, it's just become a whole mental gymnastics of thinking what is the best scenario for the whole family? Do I take the day off even though it's unpaid? Or am I going to be able to make the, the time later? Because sometimes when you take parental leave and then you're agreeing of making the time later, that also affects, well does that mean that the kid is going to have to stay at nursery? For, for longer, and uh, obviously it's not, a, not, not our experience, but for single parents, I can imagine how complicated juggling all that must be. So it's, it's a delicate issue, and it's just, I'm, I guess we're lucky, and I understand a little bit more why nurseries are so lax with accepting kids, because having the kid at home can be very problematic, sadly enough, because I'm sure we all would like to have a little bit more... What, what uh, do you
1: mean, nurseries being lax at accepting kids?
0: For example, accepting a kid that has COVID.
1: Well, I mean, that wasn't the nursery itself, but... Uh, and it's Well, it's the NHS. The obviously, the
0: nursery can, can then yeah. go ahead and say, well, even though NHS says that, we personally don't do it. But that's that's what I meant. I guess that's why the regulations are so lax, because right,
1: it, right, right, right.
0: It can be a problem all of the sudden having to have the kid at home.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. And
0: so there's there's all always that that thing of okay, so what now?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of the difficulty uh, uh in that sense isn't it because it, it, it just it just uh, it puts a lot of pressure i know that anytime that nico is ill and all of that like thinking about having to t- take time off work and maybe even having to use annual leave and all of that it's just a lot a lot of pressure uh, i'm even considering just buying annual leave which is something that i can do at my company and buying annual leave maybe like next year or so just so i if you know if Nico is ill or something I can take that annual leave without feeling a lot of pressure
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: so just so I can stay at home with him and not have to think about much regarding that um, so yeah um, <clears throat> and then you know they're they're ill, they're staying home you've had to take the time off or you called in sick or you are having unpa- unpaid time off or maybe it's the weekend, whatever it may be you're at home with them So what do you do in terms of home remedies versus clinical medicine? Because there's a lot of, you know, there's easy paths, isn't it? You can just give them paracetamol or you can give them ibuprofen and you can do that. And there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But historically, through generations and generations and generations, there's like home remedies and like we've discussed in previous episodes some of the traditional advice makes sense some of the traditional advice doesn't really make sense so i guess it's about finding a balance and finding what works but when it comes to home remedies versus you know more traditional
0: medicine like what, what what's your go-to mm, it varies really because uh, i obviously well, I say it varies, but no, actually, I, I tell a lie, it's not. I always try to go for more clinical medicine, because uh, I'm very afraid of uh, snake oils. Uh, but I think it's it, it's a matter of try and test it, like we were saying earlier, of trial and error. The problem is, with things like medicine, you cannot just say trial and error, because an error can be can be very bad. Uh, so that's why I'll try to go for for clinical medicine. But there's things that I, I know help. For example, cuddles. I know that if they're sick, you can give them cuddles and, and play with them. And I know this is general for everyone, precisely what we were saying at the beginning with the changing the point of view and everything. But specifically for babies, I've seen how much it really does affect them. You know, yeah. just feeling protected and feeling cozy, that really does have an effect on, on their, their physiological being, not only in their emotional being. And I guess if things that I know have worked, I'm willing to try. So, for example, when Nim Nim had conjunctivitis, I told Holly, oh, we can give her chamomile tea as eye drops, and that helps. And she was taking a gasp. She was, really? And I'm like, yeah, no, no, it does help. And she even asked the doctor, like, have you heard that? And the doctor was like, no, I never heard it, but I guess it doesn't like hurt to try. And I'm like, no, it works. I have done it before. It works. And then she checked online and a lot of people were saying like, yeah, it works. So she's like, okay, we'll give it a try. So those type of things that I know have worked. That's what I mean by try and test it. It's not like I'm experimenting on her, but if it's something that is not clinical, but I know it works, then I'll do it.
1: Yeah, and even more than knowing it works, it's more around, even if it doesn't work, it doesn't harm, you know? So, it's kind of what you were saying. If it's not going to harm them, there's no there's no harm in doing the trial and error.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So, and there's also the the, the placebo effect as well. So, sometimes just by trying something, it does make a difference as well.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, although sometimes uh, i was wondering the placebo effect will it be for for them or for us you know because yeah. like it's like oh i gave them something so they must be okay it's like will they or are you just thinking that because you're you give them something but hey at the end of the day if it makes it be easier then by all means you know
1: yeah 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 exactly and um uh, and, and yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. So I, I think the other thing is that when it comes to clinical medicine, one thing that I am personally not opposed to in any way because I'm not, but I always like to avoid it. and it's actually for a clinical reason, but it's the antibiotics. Because I know that they're an easy way to deal with something, but I also know that giving a lot of antibiotics to the general population also creates more, you know, creates stronger viruses and yeah. that can resist more uh, protection. So you kind of have to always make up something stronger and stronger, and then they become super resistant. So I think that there's a lot of
0: there's a lot but of. It also affects advantages. your liver.
1: I guess that would depend on the
0: antibiotics, right? No, in general. I, I. And I know because I have a lot of family that have to keep taking antibiotics. In general, uh, an overdose, so to speak, of antibiotics, as a, or taking a lot of antibiotics very commonly, has a, a negative effect on the liver.
1: Right. Um yeah exactly so so for those kind of reasons it's just kind of trying to avoid that you can't always avoid it and they are effective which is why they're given Uh, i do think that here in the uk particular this is just a bit anecdotal evidence but i do think in the uk doctors jump more quickly to antibiotics i know that in portugal for example it's only given at a later stage but here it seems to be one of the first options that they give as soon as someone as soon as someone is suffering from something they kind of go oh, well just take antibiotics uh, without trying other stuff first um so, so yeah, and, and as you said, when it comes to natural remedies, it's also important to avoid the snake oil and things that, you know, with essential oils and homeopathies and all of that, it's kind of going like, you know, am I actually being sold something that works or am I being sold something that is just filling someone's pockets? Exactly. Um, and it can be really, really difficult to distinguish that. And there's some stuff that works, but it's it's like you don't never really know how much like you know there, there's some stuff to like smell like mint and stuff like that that un, unblocks their nose and all of that so that kind of helps uh, as well um what sort of other natural remedies can you think of that can help with like a cold or something minor
0: well chicken soup Chicken a, a soup, good, yeah. a good chicken soup is always the remedy uh, I love chicken. <laughs> soup. No, really, I, I swear by chicken soup, especially. And I got to tell you, I'm not gonna tell you the exact whole recipe, but the chicken soup that always has worked for me is chicken soup that has rice in it, has real pieces of chicken in it, carrot, yeah. avocado, uh, lime juice, and salt, and right, yeah, yeah. freshly made. That soup cures every cold, and if it doesn't cure it you'll be feeling so nice and warm inside, you kind of don't feel the cold. Like, I yeah. swear by that soup.
1: <laughs> well, these, these some of the natural remedies that we're going to talk about, they actually did come from uh, a clinical website. I think it, in this case it was like WebMD or something. So it is home remedies and natural remedies that they actually do recommend. So they, there must be some... Clinical evidence for the chicken soup. So, I don't think it's just you. I think you are right. I think it does definitely help uh, quite a lot. Um, and yeah, in Portugal, it's also very common. Not with avocado, though. I, I'm guessing avocado is probably something more traditionally Mexican.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's uh, the uh, avocado is very Mexican in, in everything. To in Jaffa, yeah. yeah. But uh, therefore, it's also something that is very homely and can be like we like it a lot so the fact that it's in the soup is like mmm and we always try to even <laughs> if you go to yeah even if you go to a, a place that is like not really that fancy or everything they always try to put a sliver of an avocado on the chicken soup chicken broth you know so it's wow. just yeah it's just and it has that really good combination of the broth is warm and it's liquid then you have the rice that has like that grainy texture You have the pieces of chicken, which is like the meaty thing. And then you have the avocado, which is really soft and semi-sweet. So it's a a very good combination of everything. And I I really do swear by it. I'm not joking. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. is. uh,
1: You know, to top it all off, it's also very, very comforting and delicious. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it has Um, the whole thing. Like It helps your, your body, but it also helps your mind.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um and yeah, other treatments that they have uh something like, you know, suctioning out so- snot with like those little suction yeah, cups Yeah, Yeah, I have done that. Uh, so, yeah, so that helps. Um and uh, uh saline drops. Um uh that helps them too, like a humidifier or steam room. And I think most of this is just to unblock their nose and their nasal ways so that they can feel better yeah Uh, and then just yeah resting plenty of plenty of rest I, i think it was my uh my grandmother as well who used to say that um there's two things that babies need and it's uh food and sleep and they need sleep just as much as they need food so she was kind of saying like resting is really nourishing for babies as well even more than for adults yeah um so yeah um and the last one that they had there was a sponge bath so just giving them a nice comforting sponge bath i'm guessing like some of these must be more around the placebo effect and making them feel good but hey if it works then, yeah exactly at you the know, end if, of
0: the day if it makes good, if feel it's stupid and therefore works, they're not, not feeling stupid. bad yeah Yeah, I like that phrase a lot. If it's stupid, but it works, it's not stupid. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Precisely. Um, So, yeah, that's when it comes to, in terms of uh, natural remedies and all of that. And uh, I would say just avoid anything that you see on, like, TikTok or something like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Especially avoid anything that is, like, like, I don't know, like, go out and get this weird plant and then, like oil it and have a drink it cuz if you don't know what it's in that weird plant better not like let someone yeah. let, let it's gonna sound selfish but let someone else be the first <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah why
0: should you have to be the guinea pig exactly yeah and maybe if it's you then by all means go ahead but your baby maybe not exactly yeah and i and also i know it's not like uh, a home remedy because it's actually a medicine, but I also know that it has multi uses, and that is okay. vapor rub. I mean, everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a headache, and it's like, oh, a little bit of vapor rub on the the. Oh, I forgot the name in English of the sides of the head, the guy, the ones that are almost behind the eyes. Um. Uh, I I don't know. I don't know the name in English actually. Yeah, let me actually. Like the temples, or yes, the temples. There we go. If you have headaches, I I guess I did know. (laughs) Yeah, same. I guess I did know when you mentioned it. Yeah, you're right. So uh, they say that a little bit of like vapor rub on the temples when they have a headache will help, or if they have like a little bit of back pain, vapor rub will help. So it's like a multi-use medicine. So that's the part that is home remedy, because technically just made for congestion. But a lot of people use it for a lot of different things. Precisely,
1: precisely. Yeah, you, we we've got some here as well. So, yeah. Oh, so you're also subscribed
0: good. to the Vapor rub club.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think we use it that often, but we've definitely used it before, and uh, yeah, it's
0: it's it's good.
1: Yeah. Do you have a it, a, it a
0: default thing that when Nim, uh, when Nico is feeling poorly? Maybe not as a medicinal, but a, a a thing that you default into. Oh, they're starting. I notice they're starting to feel poorly. They're not in a good mood. Let's do this, even if it's not, like I said, medicinal. Even if it's just reading their favorite book or something. Like, what is your go treatment when you see that they're starting to be uncomfortable? Um. Yes, that's a good question. Uh, let me think.
1: What is my go-to treatment? I think. I think it's more just giving them more cuddles, really. Being close to them, doing their favorite stuff. And just basically... I think my go-to is basically keeping them distracted from anything that is causing them discomfort, really. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's uh, that's how it helps. Because if they're too focused on what's making them uncomfortable, it can be really difficult.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree, and I think that's the... The same thing i do really just trying to to keep their mind at ease and and keep them reassured that it's okay yeah exactly
1: perfect so i think this is um the episode on the sickness and the children's uh, illness and how you deal with it how we've dealt with it i'm sure that when they listen to this they'll be amazed and surely they'll be thankful for us for everything we've did for right, them. right. <laughs> one can hope uh depends i guess it depends on what stage of their life they're listening this on um but uh, but yeah that's that's how it was i hope that in the future there will be slightly easier ways of dealing with this although i'm not holding out my breath for that but who knows <laughs> maybe it'll be a little bit easier but yeah, I think um, that was it for me.
0: Do you want to uh, take us off? Uh, yeah, sure. So, well, as always, check the, the resources for any relevant links that we might consider putting up there. And follow us on every and all social media with the handle Foreigners and Fathers. If you don't find it, it's because we're not there. Uh, As I always say when I'm doing the outros, we are very bad at social media. Cut off some slacks. (laughs) Uh, I still have my Twitch up. I haven't done it in ages, but that doesn't mean that I haven't quit. It's just I've been incredibly busy, as you can imagine. But it's still there. It's a mariachi biking, and it has some BODs that you can look at if if that seems your fancy. And subscribe. If if I see the numbers going up, maybe that will motivate me more to keep doing it. Uh, Any contact... Uh, you can do so at the very apt email of contact at foreignersandfathers.com. Uh, so, uh, so we always say any and all feedback is well appreciated even if it's not feedback and you just want to talk about something or ask questions, go ahead And uh, This week we're particularly looking forward to what tips do you have when dealing with ill children like what, what is your go-to strategy when when you have a, a, a sick kid and also we were very interested in knowing how is it Dell in a different country, if you're hearing us from other places like Portugal, Spain, Mexico, the States. Like, what is the difference there? How do you deal with your kid being sick in terms of your work? We were very interested in knowing because at the end of the day, this is also a foreigner's podcast. So we're very interested in international points of views. And... Please do all the good social media stuff whenever you get your podcast. So subscribe, download, review, and if you can put, like, on top of living the grade, if you can actually write that review and share it, that will be amazing because that really do help us out, being Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, whatever it is you you enjoy the show. The next episode will be available in a week, unless you are a time traveler or you're in the future, which means that you can go and enjoy of our lovely and soothing voices straight away. It's about nostalgic television, and that's that's all I say about that subject. You'll you'll have to wait for the episode to find out uh, more. And that takes us to the end of the episode. So Pedro, thank you so much for taking the time out of your also very busy day to have this this chat with me it's been lovely and i really really i know it could sound like i'm saying it because uh, i have to but i do really enjoy this chat so thank you for taking your time to have this chat with me man
1: yeah same i uh yeah i really enjoy i honestly really enjoy having this conversation um uh, with you it's always nice and to leave this legacy so uh that's really good thank you so much for taking the time to do it as well um and yeah we'll uh, keep speaking so i'll speak to you soon meantime enjoy yeah
0: uh, yeah yeah. speak to you soon have a, a nice rate of the rest of the the week and i'm gonna just say it uh, nim nim nico if you are hearing this in the future uh, and we're still around. And <laughs> uh, let us know what you think about it so far, because this whole project mm-hmm. is for you. At the end of the day, exactly. we're doing this for you. So it'll be nice if you tell us what you're thinking about it. And <laughs> I'm going to be incredibly yeah. impatient now of waiting until you're <laughs> of a this age to listen to this, to know what you're thinking. But <laughs> know that we're doing it with lots of love for you. So... Uh, that's all that matters and thank you for also taking time off where i'm assuming it's going to be your busy day to listen to your your pops ramble for a bit Uh, but uh, for my part this has also been all and i'll see you when i'll see you bye see
1: you next time bye